and welcome to Raring Third Podcast. Thank you for clicking onto that icon and joining the fam. And on to today's episode, we'll be talking on a subject very dear to my heart, which I coined, Let Your Heart Be Broken. Looking at our lives, we might think our hearts as the most delicate. I think that's why we are all in a bid to not get it broken. <laughs> it's funny thinking of a broken heart. What's that even? Um... Medically speaking, that will be incorrect, let alone anatomically and physiologically. Okay, be gone with the science though, but letting our hearts be broken largely greatly gets us thinking. I mean, letting our hearts be moved and touched by the feelings of people's infirmities that at this specific moment, we choose to suffer with their suffering and feel their pain or rather try to comprehend their aching hearts. Maybe by sitting with them in their misfortunes, as friends of Job did, will help alleviate this dark cloud over their lives. Maybe we'll hold their hands, embrace them tightly, and two hearts will not just merely break under the weight of a heavy heart, but will also have this reassuring sense of, we are never alone. And so the story begins. It's a normal day. I'm not quite attentive to notice the day's proceedings, but I think I remember seeing the sun shining, not so brightly, but warmly. It's weirdly shining warmly. <laughs> I grab my white coat, the name tag swinging loosely on the side. I fix myself up real quick because I'm running late for a teaching lesson in the words. Now, it's around week four of pediatrics rotation, if I'm not wrong. I have one more week before end of rotations. I'd speak of how unprepared I feel for the upcoming exams, but that will not be needful. I strut into the pediatric ward 3A, for which I'm assigned. I'd be lying if I said it was a casual walk occasionally glancing through the glass windows as if it's as if to say or announce your presence i believe it's a medical student's thing they they all do that let none deny but me thinks it's a way to cover up for once inadequacies i spot a friend at the end of the hallway she smiles after salutations we grab our notebooks and pens in hand and head out for an inquiring escapade, which is a fancy way to say clacking patients. <laughs> we linger sheepishly, somehow confused, as always actually, because patients can be quite unreceptive. Twi- time swings by quick, quickly, and we need to leave for another lecture. But here's the thing, I still have no history written down to account for my time in the words. Until my eyes once more linger about the word for any patient, seemingly beckoning for my questioning. I'm greatly drawn to this side room, which surprisingly, all through the five weeks now coming to a close, has never once been entered, even by my colleagues, at least as far as I'd observed. My friend and I go in. Very reservedly, we peer in. I clutch tightly to my history notebook trying not to act awkwardly equally nudging my friend to start speaking we clack a little boy's mother she seems to be slowly and gently warming on to us but as she speaks my attention shifts to a crying babe 
and I silently wonder where the mother could be. As the mini interview con- concludes, I ask for the child's mother, only to be met with not. Another mother narrates to me how the little girl is an abandoned child for whom the mother left after delivery. Now my attention is really drawn to this child, who still continues to cry as if beckoning for its mother for whom she knows not. I draw near her court with overwhelming sympathy. I can almost feel a tremble through my lower limbs. I move careful steps to go hold her, even but to try and give comfort. She's dressed in a white with black spotted onesie. (laughs) How do I describe to you her countenance? She's beautiful, actually extremely fair. She slowly calms down as I draw her near to my bosom. I draw my index finger to her view and she latches onto it as if for dear life. While to me, she speaks a message of, do not leave me. The other mother in the room continues to narrate her story as my friend engages her. What they do not know is that the little girl has just won my heart in so many ways and I'm so drawn into her small world. I try to get a view of her eyes. She quiets down and we lock eyes. It's a most solemn moment as tears also begin to well up in my eyes. My vision becomes hazy as the banks of my eyelids break open a steady stream of tears. My heart aches after hers because I see the things which are yet for now oblivious to her. Thoughts come rushing into my mind who will prep her for a most cruel world she's yet to meet. How will one convince her of one who cares, yet the one who bore her cared not enough to stay? Now, I verily feel the pain and utter anguish. I rock her back and forth. She blinks slowly as if to catch sleep. I'm brutally nudged to this present world as my friend reminds me of their waiting lecture. Still choking back soft sobs, I lay her back down on her baby cot, wiping also my tear-stricken face. She's more settled as she sucks on her thumb. Above her bed is a note. In it, it is written her name, for which I believe was given to her by the nurses caring for her. The name's Angel. It's perfect for her because maybe she will live to save others like herself. (sighs) Like you, I ask, what then is to become of her? I leave the room still with questions unanswered and a heart broken and aching for her. I send up a prayer for her and she lingers all day in my mind. It then begs the question, What has man become of himself? You probably vow to aid the next helpless babe you meet and maybe that way you live the world a bit better. Whether by a healthy child, a garden patch, or a redeemed social condition, to know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived, 
this is to have succeeded. This is actually a true story of an experience I had. And I was moved to coin another poem of which I titled Burden Bearer, which I read in our hearing. What burden have I borne? What good have I done? Did I pass by the needy one with his arms stretched out, begging for alms? Did I not say not I but another can help? Did I share my mail? Did I clothe the helpless babe or the wanting child? Did I bear no burden? Did I in my own selfishness go through life's escapade in utter ignorance? Were wailing tones not loud enough for me to hear and no respite known? Lord, should I tread life's journey incognizant of my weary brethren, then what being shall I be? If I ride above the riches of this world and sit at tables decked with jewels so rare, wherein is surplus, yet my brother lieth in want, what good shall I have done? Rouse us then, I plead, O Lord, to right doing, that we be likewise touched with the feelings of their infirmities, that we forever seek to alleviate their burdens hefty. Brethren, at the end of the day, kindness is free and sprinkle that stuff around. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. My name is Marion and you're listening to Raring Thought Podcast. God bless. Hello, welcome back. And as we tune into today's episode, today we'll be just thinking about fear. Weird thing to say, but I believe we live our lives benumbered by many challenges, and I know one of them is fear. So, what about fear? Fear is the feeling of fright, if I can say, and whatever dictionaries would best put. But in retrospect, we experience fear in many and diverse ways. And one thing for sure is that fear, in its very nature, is set to stop us in our tracks. Fear benumbs us in our paths. And fear seeks to seize us from assume that which is needful in a sense and fear it's in the nature of fear as well to rob us of that which we truly deserve so what about fear do we outrightly just cast out saying there is no fear or I no longer fear I doubt I highly doubt I think one thing is for sure, there will always be fear, but the choice lies with us. We can choose not to fear, 
or rather we can choose to rise above our fears and soar even high above letting not fear become the determinant of whether we move or whether we stay in the same position in whatever circumstance we're in because fear is a reality that will always be there take for instance in the book of Joshua well Joshua is ready to take over after Moses Joshua is well vast and well aware of how great a leader Moses was and you can imagine the thoughts running in his mind how will I be able to fit into his shoes how best will I lead these people other than the way Moses did but are resounding words come to him through Christ and he says this to him in Joshua 9 be strong and courageous it's funny because why would God say that to him Um, from a human perspective you'd think yeah he was afraid yes but why the very words be strong and courageous fear not for I am with you even as I was with Moses I will also be with you so he encourages him in this very sounding words and it's interesting that the same words are repeated over and over again even in the same chapter and even in subsequent verses be strong and courageous I think um, in a meager way that is humanly possible that God knows the human heart and that is true and he understands the thoughts and the heart of Joshua. And above all many words that he will say to him, he tells him, be strong and courageous. So it is to you today, though not in the similar circumstances of Joshua or Moses or the children of Israel, of then, today the same words resound through the ages to your very soul. Be strong and courageous. I pray that with these words you can soar above your fears. That yes, you may fear, but you will choose to rise above your fears. And listen to the true words said to you. Be strong and courageous. Will you do so? Is your challenge. Thank you for listening in. I am your host, Marion, and you are listening to Raring Thought Podcast. God bless.